Hello, and welcome to This Week in James City County. I'm your host, Renee Dahlman. On today's episode, we are sitting down with our guest, Jim Eisenhower, representative for the Jamestown District, also the vice chairman of the James City County Board of Supervisors. Welcome, Mr. Eisenhower. Well, thank you. This is not your first rodeo on the James City County Board of Supervisors. No, ma'am. I was on the board for eight years, back from 2006 through 2013. And then I've been off for four years, and now I'm back. This is the third month of the third term. What brought you back? Uh, well, it was what got me started in the first place. It was uh, interest in local issues. It actually started before I retired from the airlines, and I was always gone. And when I came home, I'd be out mowing the yard. My wife would say, what are you going to do when you retire? You're just not involved in anything in the community. <laughs> and I don't think she quite expected this, but uh, I decided to get involved and try to run for public office back in 2001. Okay. I wasn't successful the first time. But I was the second uh, right after I retired, and uh, I have uh, have a passion for serving the community. I think you're the first pilot that we've had on the podcast. Quite possibly, yes. Yeah, so tell yeah. us about your flying career. Well, it was 38 years. I started out right out of the Air Force Academy and did 20 years flying fighters. Did a tour in Vietnam. Well, I wound up flying F-100s, F-4s, and F-111s and retired from the Air Force in 1987. And then when I was looking around for a civilian job after I retired, my wife was encouraging me to put out resumes and things like that. And I came home one day with an interview offer from one of the airlines. And she said, I always wondered what you were going to do for a living when you grew up. I see you've decided not to. <laughs> and so uh, I wound up going to the airlines. I flew for Pan Am for about four years and then got taken with part of the pieces of Pan Am that went over to Delta. Okay. And I spent the rest of my career there. Retired from that in 2005. Wow. Well, first of all, thank you for your service. Thank you. What bases were you stationed at when you were in the Air Force? My overseas bases, I did one year at uh, Tuiwa in Vietnam. Okay. Um, and that was right my first assignment right out of training. Later on, I came back and did a one-year tour, uh, the remote. These were the two one-year remote tours away from the family. Mm-hmm. I did one in Korea. Okay. Uh, it was in 79 and 80. My other overseas tours were probably the best of the entire 20 years. We did two tours, a four-year and a three-year, seven years total at RAF Lake and Heath in uh, East Anglia. That must have been uh, so nice. So we loved England. And the rest of them stateside were uh, training bases. I was at MacDill at Tampa Air Force Base. And then out at uh, Luke Air Force Base and Cannon Air Force Base, Arizona and New Mexico, respectively. What do you miss the most about being a commercial pilot? Well, commercial pilot, right now, to be quite honest with you, I don't miss much. Okay. And that's because it was a wonderful career, a lot of fun. And after 9-11, it became a lot less fun. Sure. The intensity and, you know, the increase in the loads and stuff like that. It was it was enjoyable. I mean, I, I enjoyed, uh, you know, doing the job. But uh, going to some of the places we did before 9-11, you know, overseas uh, flying was uh, really sort of interesting. Okay. Um, a couple of my favorite places, uh, Bermuda was one. Oh, sure. So, it's a tough job. Yeah. But, yeah. Now you're back in James City County. Mm-hmm. Tell me, is anything different from your first stint on the board? Yes, I, Besides I think so. different players. No, some of the people are the same. You know, mm-hmm. John McGlennon has been on the board longest. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's been obviously turnover of people. What is different is that I think there is a, what I would call a more cordial or collegial atmosphere, uh, not only on the board, but uh, within the community. Okay. And that's very important because we have to focus on issues, I think, that are important to the community. And most of those issues really aren't, shouldn't be partisan at the local level. And, and I, I feel that we have a, the ability to work at that very well now. What are some of those issues? Well, the biggest issue for me, and this is one of the things that I found when I was campaigning going door to door, it was very beneficial to listen to what people had to say when you had the 30 seconds at the door. With right. Them. 
and uh, recurring themes came out. But one of the main themes was there is still a concern about the growth of the county and our ability to pay for the infrastructure that already approved development is going to require. Okay. I think there was a, a perception back years ago that it would always pay for itself, and we're finding it doesn't. And so that puts a little bit more of a burden on the people who are here. And how we deal with that is, is probably one of the number one issues, specifically how we're going to build schools in the long run mm-hmm. to uh, accommodate the growth in population that's definitely coming. Speaking of schools, I believe that you are on the school liaison Yes, ma'am. One of the things I wanted to do when I got back on the board was to help try to reestablish a more frequent and open dialogue between the two uh, governing bodies, the city council and the board of supervisors, and the school board. Mm -hmm. One of the things that has happened in the past is, you know, each little board is an insular type group, and maybe officially they talk to each other through the administrations and stuff. One of the first things I wanted to do is I went over and had uh, sat down and had a meeting with the superintendent and with the chair of the school board just to talk, mm-hmm. just to talk about you know how I felt about issues, how I felt about things, so that we knew what the other person was thinking and we communicated a little bit better. Uh, I think that individual contact between members of the different boards is really helpful in working out problems cooperatively instead of being confrontative. Everyone's end goal absolutely should be yeah. the same. Yeah, I mean we can argue over you know methodology a little sure, bit, but sure. uh, but at least we focus on the big issues. And and I felt that our first board meeting was very successful, and that we identified a couple three things we wanted to really work on. And, and what are those? Well, what we wanted to do in my mind is every time we've had discussion of schools in the past, we've um, talked about student projections, mm-hmm. and the other thing was capacity of the existing buildings. Okay, and uh, people always disagreed about. Were the projections correct uh, long-term or not? And uh, was the capacity a reasonable number? And I said, what we have to do is we have to sit down and talk about that and come to consensus on something that we can agree on so we can put that behind us. Then we have a common point of reference of dealing with things going forward. And to be quite honest with you, uh, the low end of their projections have been remarkably accurate for over seven years, it's like within 1%. Goodness. Um, you know, as you go further out, it gets a little bit more, one and a half, two percent 2%. But that's still pretty phenomenal when sure. you're looking at projecting things out seven years. How many more developable properties are there still in the county? What exists, the current inventory. Yes. Uh, when, I, when I was uh, on the board previously, it was at 27,000. Now it's about 32,000. Okay. So there are about 32,000 existing units within the county. And so we've been adding in four to five, six hundred a year pretty consistently. Mm-hmm. There's about 15,000 potential lots that could be developed out okay. there. A lot of that assumes that, you know, everything gets built out. Right. There's no idea about the timeline. Right. You know, so it, it could be 30, 40, 50 years, but there is the potential out there of already approved lots that can be developed. And we really don't know when they're going to be developed or uh, how quickly and what numbers. That's the unknown that we have to deal with. Right. And that makes it challenging. Very challenging. Something that is coming up within the next week or so is the proposed budget for fiscal years 2019 and 2020. Mm -hmm. What are you expecting to see in that proposed budget? Well, the the big thing in that budget is obviously the 800-pound gorilla is the school budget. Uh, And we've already had that uh, joint meeting. We've had a presentation of what they were looking for, and uh, there were two significant items in the increase they were asking for. One was teacher pay raises, 
which uh, based on compensation studies is sorely needed. Okay. Uh, and I can tell you, I have an independent source of verifying that. My daughter teaches in James City County Schools, and she says they need a pay raise. All right, all right. <laughs> but that's the pay raise for the uh, the schools was was one big part of their budget. And of course, the other part was the opening of the fourth middle school. Uh, okay. There's an incremental of about two and a half million dollars that the operations cost of opening that new school. Sure. And that, that's on a recurring annual basis going okay. forward. I know that public input is very important in yes. this stage of the budget. Are there any opportunities for public input? Yes. We're going to start with our April meeting. It's on the 10th of April. Mm-hmm. We'll have a public hearing on the budget. Now, the budget, I believe, gets released sometime uh, around the 30th. of Should be the 30th, uh, 30th, yes. And so we'll have the budget out there for about 10 days okay. as a public document. Supervisors will have a chance to go through it. At that first board meeting, we'll have a public hearing where we will be taking public input from anyone who wants to come and comment on the budget and make their recommendations. That's on the 10th. Then we're going to have a budget town hall, a meeting for the public at Mm -hmm. Legacy Hall at 6.30 p.m. on April the 12th at uh, Legacy Hall. Then there will be another one on Monday, April the 16th at the Croker Library. Same thing, 6.30 in the evening. These are the two meetings where members of the public will have a chance to come and listen to a presentation about the budget. Mm -hmm. And then I I assume that there will be some opportunity for them to either uh, make some sort of comment or leave some sort of comments. We will hopefully have the supervisors uh, in attendance at both of those. After those sessions, we go into budget work sessions ourselves. We will then roll into our... Uh, work session, a regular scheduled work session where we may continue uh, working on that on the 24th of April. And then after that, the first meeting in May is when we will have the opportunity to hopefully approve the budget. Okay. Now, I will qualify that because we don't have a budget from the General Assembly yet. Right. And so, you know, that's all up in the air. Until that gets settled, uh, everything we have is subject to change. Okay. When are we expecting to get that budget? Well, I understand that the uh, special session We'll start on the 11th of April, and okay. so it, it, you know, it could be right in the middle of what we're what we're doing uh, from our initial public hearing, right on through some of our town hall meetings and work sessions. People are busy, yes, and if they are not able to attend one of those meetings, are mm-hmm. they still able to provide input? Oh, absolutely. First of all, it's wonderful the way we have the video on demand now. You can go on the website and take a look at these meetings and see right. the presentations. What I would suggest for most folks, if they can't do it any other way, would be by email. Okay. And you can do it to the county administrator. You can do it to supervisors, the board, whatever, mm-hmm. because those are things that you want us to consider. We need to hear from you. And all of that contact information is available on it's the website. It's available right on the website. Yep, which yes, is jamescitycountyva.gov. Yes. All right. I know that you also serve on the Greater Williamsburg Workforce Development Consortium. Mm-hmm. What does that group do? This is a group that represents essentially the peninsula. We actually have membership of Gloucester County as well. Williamsburg, James City County, York County, right on down, Newport News, Pocosin. But Gloucester got added into that group. And we are under the federal uh, workforce law. We get about $3 million of federal money for our particular region. Okay. Uh, that is uh, used for specific federal training programs. There's a youth program, a displaced worker program, you know, some retraining, things like that. There's federal money available for. The other side of the house is what I would call the uh, the business-related, uh, the public-private partnership, uh, where businesses have uh, helped. We have uh, members on our board from uh, community colleges, from ECPI, you know, the shipyard, Ferguson, all these different canon, I believe, all these different commercial entities. I do know one of our officers is uh, from Walmart. So it's a pretty broad representation of the business community. Mm-hmm. And uh, we try to work with them on helping 
develop state level working issues to where we can train people for the jobs that are available here in our area. I know Canon had a big program trying to get people trained to come work for them. We were working with them on some grants and stuff. Okay. So how often does that group meet? Uh, we have we meet about once a month. Okay. And in fact, I was down there this morning. Okay. It's a, an eight o'clock meeting in, oh. the, <laughs> in Newport <laughs> News, which is challenging on the right. interstate. So. Right. But it's a lot better getting it's there than it used to be. better than it used to be. Yes, that ma'am. is for sure. It sure is. Well, Mr. Eisenhower, as you may or may not know, on the podcast, mm-hmm. at the end, I like to ask a few questions that have nothing to do with anything we've talked about so okay. far. All right. Are you game? Sure. Okay, good. First question. Do you have children? You've said that you have one daughter that's yeah, a teacher. I have I have two daughters. Okay. Uh, my older daughter is a retired Air Force officer. Okay. Uh, she lives up in uh, Alexandria. Okay. She works for the State Department. Uh-huh. She's on the Afghanistan desk. Goodness. Uh, because she speaks Russian, Dari, and Pashto. Wow. And uh, my two grandchildren are her children. They live up there. Uh, we're going to have them next week for a, a week. Nice. And my younger daughter is single, and she teaches uh, math at Toronto Middle School. Oh, very good. So she, she deals with right middle here. schoolers. Yeah. She lives here. She actually lives in the city, right okay. right, right in uh, off Ironbound Road in the city. And uh, she's, you know, only a couple, three miles from where we live. So. Oh, that's nice. How old are your grandchildren? My granddaughter's 13 and my grandson's 10. Fun. I so, bet they enjoy coming oh, yeah. down to stay with you. Yeah. So. All right. Do you have any pets? We have two rescue black labs. Aw, what are uh, their names? Uh, Charlie and Cody. What TV show are you into right now besides Board of Supervisors rebroadcast? Uh, believe it or not, I watch a lot of things on the History Channel. We, last okay. night I was watching the uh, program on the Frontiersmen. Oh, okay. Uh, it was uh, starting with the, the, the uh, Revolutionary War and up through... Uh, the War of 1812, uh, it concentrated on Jackson and Crockett last night. Ah. Uh, it was a very interesting program. My wife's a history buff, uh, and I really like historical things like that. All so. right. Well, good. Okay. Pretend that you are, well, you are. Actually, we're not even going to pretend. Mm-hmm. You are hosting your grandchildren mm-hmm. next week. Yes. 10 years old and 13 years old. Mm-hmm. What kinds of things do you like to have them do when they come visit? Well, the first thing we get over is my grandson is just crazy for dogs. Okay. And uh, he has always loved our dogs, and he just got his own. Oh. So when they visit, he's bringing his dog along. Nice. So one of the things we will spend a lot of time with is with the dogs. Okay. We love the dog park. Nice. And uh, we, we try to take them out there as often as we can. Mm-hmm. So uh, I know my grandson, that'll be one of his, his highest priorities. Uh, my granddaughter will be focused predominantly on finding some of the friends that she lived with us for a while before they moved up there. So she okay. has some friends in the local area. Uh, and at that age, teenage girls, grandpas <laughs> and the, grandpa and grandma are, are sort of, you know, things you put up with that they want to associate with their, their own, right. own little group. So we'll try to find uh, the, the kids in the neighborhood for her to, to go hang out with. Okay. Well, that sounds fun. Any other things that your grandkids enjoy doing while they're here? Yeah, they've uh, they always love going to uh, Bush Gardens. Okay, uh, you know Bush Gardens, Water Country. You know, you you name it. Uh, one place that we haven't had them that I think they might like to go this time is the uh, the Go Ape. Ah, uh, we may wind up taking them uh, out to uh, the western part of the state. Uh, I know uh, we have a, a lake cabin out there. Oh, and nice. They, they like going out there. Of course, it's a little cold right now. You know. They're invited back during the summer for the the better weather. (laughs) All right. Well, Mr. Eisenhower, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Well, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Well, I hope it wasn't too painful. No, no, it was very nice. All right. Well, we will definitely have you back. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. 
Well, that wraps up this episode of This Week in James City County. Want to make sure you don't miss an episode? Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Also, make sure you go to our new webpage, which is at jamescitycountyda.gov slash podcast. And there you can find all of our episodes. You can leave us comments, ideas for future episodes, and we look forward to hearing from you. So we'll talk with you next week. 